Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the glorious return of the Best Picture Recap from, of course, Reboot Already Underway. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today, as always, by Aaron Hahn. Aaron. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. I mean, we didn't have, we didn't have a, best pic, a, a Best Picture Recap last week, uh, but here we are. We're doing one. For this week, hopefully, maybe we'll have uh, another one this week. We'll see, depending on what gets watched from the we two. We shall see. We shall see. I'm not no sure. Promises. I'm not confident in it. No, but. no promises. But uh, you're at least getting this one. Gold, dang it! Um, and of course, I say gold, dang it, because we're talking about Hell or High Water, uh, <laughs> a film that takes place in Texas. You see what I did there? It was a little bit of a southern drawl. Uh, type deal. You shouldn't have done it. No, you're right. I, you know, <laughs> I realize that now. Um, it's too late though. It already exists. Aaron, Hell or High mm-hmm. Water, nominated for Best Picture. Uh, yeah. What do you think of Hell or High Water? Well, uh, I've said this many times on. Well, not many times, but a few times on the po- main podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a film that it wasn't everything I w- hoped it would be. I, it wasn't everything I was led to believe it was going to be. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I can't deny that it's a very well-made movie. Just very tightly crafted and mm-hmm. expert filmmaking. I completely agree. Of, of course, we're staying a little bit non-spoiler for the people who have not seen it. Um I, I, this is a high recommend for me as well. I just watched it today uh, before recording this. Um, so I'm still maybe just a little high on the film overall. Um, I, I'd heard Aaron speak about it. Uh, you know, He said it was a little disappointing. So I went in with lowered expectations. Maybe that's the reason I loved it so much. Um, but uh, I think it's at least a recommend from both of us. Uh, give, it, give it a watch, especially if you're a fan of Westerns. If you're a fan of uh, dramas, heist, not it's not really a heist movie. And I think that's kind of maybe giving it a bit too much credit in that department. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a recommend. Uh, I think it's a gorgeous film uh, from nearly every aspect. Uh, not just the camera work, not just the cinematography, but also uh, the performances are beautiful. The writing is beautiful. Um, the overarching themes of the film are beautiful so i think it, it's definitely worth a watch mm-hmm. want to get yeah. into some spoilery sure. stuff aaron so spo- all right let's yeah. get let's get into it um now of course not too much really to spoil in this movie um again it, it this is a film that's very much about the moments uh th- those moments between chris pine and ben foster's character um, the brothers, um, but I mean, you do have two somewhat surprising deaths yeah. at the end of the film. I don't know if I would exactly call them surprising because, in my opinion, they were going to die. I you could realize that they were going to die fairly early on in the film. I knew Ben Foster's my opinion was dead, dead as a doornail. As soon as he, mm-hmm. as soon as he kills someone. That's where I'm like, they have to kill him. That's the only way to end this character now. He has to die. Mm-hmm. Because 
up until this point, you feel kind of bad for them. You're like, these characters are... This is why the movie is so interesting to me. It takes moral ambiguity. It takes shades of gray and does them very well. They're stealing from this bank, and they're only stealing the bank's money, and then to pay off the house to the bank. So they're taking money from the bank and paying that money back to the bank for their house. It's a weirdly ironic, like poetic almost, um, uh, mm-hmm. plot these brothers have. Um, and at that point, you're like, okay, you can forgive these characters. They're doing it for the right reasons. Um, you know, he, he wants his kids to have a better life than he ever had and that his parents ever had and that their parents ever had. So it's very much Robin Hood-esque in that way. Uh, but as soon as Ben Foster's character shoots the cop, I'm like, okay, can maybe come back from this. Like, uh, he, that guy had a gun drawn on him. You know, it, it was really either him or... It was either Ben Foster or the cop at that point. But when he shoots that, inno- like, oh, innocent man, and he doesn't, like, just destabilize him or anything, he goes for the kill shot. And you're like, okay, no, you're not redeemable anymore. And I think the film deals with that very well. Well, I mean, he, I think he still manages to be... It, it, maybe not a sympathetic character, but, you know, it's, it's still... A, a character you in some ways care about especially yeah. you care in, about him because you know in the, in the context of his him. relationship to yeah. his brother it's like yeah. you still care about them but i get what you're saying and that that was basically the point at which he was beyond redemption yeah that that's when you know like that man has a death notice on him for the rest of the movie um and i'm it's not that like you said it it's not that he's completely irredeemable, because he's redeemable through his brother's relationship to him, and we care about him because Chris Pine's character cares about him. And I think that's an interesting distinction to make. But still, God, there's just that moment where they he's like, yeah, I'm tired of this, pulls to the side of the car, pulls out that assault rifle, and just starts unloading on the people. I'm like, this man is unhinged. This man mm-hmm. is doing this because he likes it. There's no, like... Chris Pine's doing it very reluctantly, and, and you see shades of that throughout the entire movie. Um, from the very opening bank robbery, ew. Ben Foster, very much more excited to be doing this than Chris Pine, uh, who kind of hangs back a little bit more. I should probably learn the characters' names, so I'm not like, Chris Pine's <laughs> out there robbing banks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just a very interesting... Uh, story honestly i was enthralled the whole time i think the action's good i think well i mean we can talk about the performances i think our three leads are absolutely fantastic like some of the Mm -hmm. best acting i've seen this year especially chris pine man god chris pine (laughs) like he's one of the greats and you don't ever really think about him that way uh normally i think sometimes he gets cast in like the wrong yeah roles like he seems to be kind of like they're trying to cast him in kind of like that oh bland generic white male to lead our yeah. action franchises role mm-hmm. and but he's like he's a much more uh thoughtful actor than that i, I suppose yeah, like no, he, yeah. he 
embodies his character in a more, it, it, it works better for a character that's more like internal, like something that a film that allows you to express that kind of nuance, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, he just has a, a certain, well, the, the parts of this movie that I love so much are, are the quiet moments, the conversations between different characters. And I think the way this movie ends is fantastic. Like up, up there, one of the best scenes of the year. Um, just, and I mean, of course, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is good in pretty much everything he's in. So it's not like, man, look at Jeff Bridges. He's doing a great job in this. Didn't know he had it in him. We all know Jeff Bridges has that in him. He just picks movies like R.I.P.D. And then you're like, Jeff Bridges, <laughs> why, buddy, why? Um, but it's those moments where they're just, there's no music. It's just them allowed to play with the script in a way. I think that they... They, they fill those silences with so much, like, emotion. Because both of them have lost someone. Both of them have a certain hatred for the other person, but in an almost respectful way. Like, I, like, they both are like, I know why you're doing this. I know you have to do this. But I'm still going to hate you for this. And there's just that... God, man, it's... This movie is so good. <laughs> this movie is so good, Aaron. How do you not love it to death? Well, I mean, are we getting to this debate right now? <laughs> Let's get to it right now. I, why not? There's no real well, I mean, structure the thing, to this. <laughs> what I just... The, the thing is, with this film, is that it's very well made. Mm-hmm. But just my problem with it is that the the it relies so much on these kind of stereotypical you know our western archetypes you know mm-hmm. you got the we've seen this kind of thing before with like the thieves with the heart of gold who are stealing to help their families out and then we have jeff bridges is playing the cop who is <laughs> two days from retirement or whatever yeah. and it's like come on come on <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. And he's and he's like teamed up with like his Native American partner, who's like, I mean, they avoid stereotypical representations of Native Americans, thankfully. Even but at though the same Jeff time, it's Bridges kind of a horribly racist. It's kind of a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But, yeah. But there's this is uh, a good example of the point too with the distinction between a character being racist and right, a movie and a being racist. Yes. Yes. But uh, even but like that dynamic is a, a typical Western trope, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think this is a very uh, well done example of all these archetypes. But I just think that's why I didn't take to this film as much as okay. many other people did. It's just that I felt like it didn't. It wasn't like revolutionary. You no, know? no, I don't think this film is revolutionary at all. I don't think it. This is where it gets confusing, because I, I don't think it deserves a win for Best Picture. I think it definitely deserves the nomination that it got. I think this is such a technically well-made film. Everything about this, I, like, I keep going back to, this film is great in its action. It's fantastic in its quiet moments. It's fantastic in those, those moments between uh, Chris Pine and Ben Foster's character. Just that when they're, the night before their big heist... Um, 
where they're just kind of drunk, they're playing around, you know, they're brothers. You feel that, that bond between them, even though there's no dialogue to that scene. And it's moments like that set, a, set just on this, just, God, man, Texas is so beautiful. Texas is gorgeous. And it's films like this, it's, it's westerns that make me like, and I don't know why, it makes me long for a life like that. Not like robbing banks or anything, but long for this, this ideal that doesn't exist. But that's just, I mean, what westerns really are. Um, and I kind of have always been where it, it, it's almost like American exceptionalism to a point, not quite. Oh, yeah. Um, and that this film hits all those points. It hits all those classic Western tropes. Oh, that reminds me. Well, finish your thought. Finish oh, your I'm thought. just saying it hits all those points, but it hits them in such a way that even though they have been done before, like the, the two days of retirement thing. Yeah, like, that is so overdone. But watching this movie, it didn't even occur to me that that was so overdone. Because they play it so well. The, the the performances are so great. That now watching that, I'm going to be like, <laughs> okay, that's not so great. But it's just, I feel like when a movie can take certain tropes and play them off so well that you don't even realize they're there. Like, you have either great director, who I think you have here, um... Mm-hmm. Or, and, or great performers, who, again, I think you have here. I, I don't think there's a bad performance in the bunch from our leads. Um, yeah. Anyway, continue. What, what, were you, what were you saying? Well, you kind of you made me remember one of my favorite aspects of this film, because you were talking about kind of like how this represent how this is a modern Western and like mm-hmm. how it uh, transplants like those kind, that kind of... Uh, vision of what america was back in the wild west era and kind of transplants it to modern day and it Mm -hmm. reminded me of one of my favorite aspects of this film which is like that part where uh they like they're robbing the bank or whatever and then like the people come by like all these texans come by and they're all like armed they're all carrying guns and they like form like this group of citizens, armed citizens, to hunt them down. Yeah. And it's just, I thought it was very fascinating because it's very much that kind of, uh, I think the, the, the glorification of, like the, the, like, the gun culture in America, I think is very much tied to kind of this a uh, representation of the West mm-hmm. that was expressed in Western films, like this idea that Americans are like these rebels mm-hmm. that uh, need to arm themselves because you know they're the individualized. They need to uh, preserve their freedom. They need to protect society, and that's pretty much what the Western genre is defined by. And I think that was a very interesting modern representation of that deal because you know the the gun control debate is so heated mm-hmm. in modern America. And yeah, at the same time, this is kind of like this weird representation where at the one point you're like, this is actually really horrifying, the idea that we can like form this kind of group that is trying to uh, take justice into their own hands, form a yeah. vigilante mob. And that's terrifying. But at the same time, it kind of draws back to those that kind of vision of the West, you know, flawed as it is, you know, historically inaccurate as it is, but that kind of myth of the west that was crafted by western films Mm -hmm. that uh 
the idea of every armed American being able to, in his own way, you know, be the one who comes in and saves society from mm-hmm. the, the villains and everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. That is a that is a great scene too. That that is just. It's and like I said, it, it's it it romanticizes it in such a way, that is so. I don't want to say over the top, but it does it in a way that it's like this doesn't exist. Like th- nothing <laughs> like this exists anymore. But it also feels realistic at the same time, because you have it grounded in such well-written dialogue that all feels so real um and realistic relationships between people um that even though jeff bridges character is a horrible racist um he cares about his partner there's that moment where his partner gets shot and he you like you can hear him fighting back tears and that's just such a a powerful moment in that film um and it's, it's just so, and man, like I said, yeah, like American exceptionalism, it's a thing that gets us into trouble, but it's also a thing that I think if you're an American, you can't help but feel. And this film really delivers on that. Well, also, it, it, it invokes that feeling while also being like, hey, <laughs> Maybe not so much. Maybe these aren't things that we should be proud of. Maybe because these two characters will forever be haunted by these things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this movie is fantastic. This will be a film I will watch several times again. Um, I don't know, Aaron. I, th- I think you might be wrong about this <laughs> one. Um, well, well, I mean, I still stand by my point that I don't think it was quite revolutionary enough to make it it like i definitely did not hate this movie i think it's mm-hmm. a very good movie it made it like 13 i want to say on my list okay. for last year okay so it was it was close to my top 10 it was even in my top 10 for quite a while mm-hmm. so it's definitely a film i would highly recommend and highly enjoy i just don't think it had that extra bit that made it a truly exemplary example of filmmaking right in 2016 right. but i do think that based on this discussion, I think what's great about this film is it, it is kind of like a prestige example of these kind of themes that the Western genre has been dealing with since basically since films started because Westerns were like one of the biggest genre yeah. <laughs> when movies first started out. They were superhero movies, basically. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> what they That's are actually, now for us. When I took a film class on Western films for college uh my and my end of semester paper was actually on comparing comparing mm. the uh how like the superhero films fit into these kind of uh themes and story patterns shaped by the western genre mm-hmm. so there were very, very much the superhero movies of their day yes but i do think it's very interesting because we've always been talking about how for like a almost every single one of these best picture films we've been talking about we've been talking about how their message is very relevant to modern america you know moonlight mm-hmm. with its uh very empathetic look at a uh very oppressed minority mm-hmm. and arrival with its idea of how communication is essential to promoting empathy and preventing uh 
violence and unnecessary violence and all that. And this is a film that I also think is very relevant for the reasons like you were stating and that it kind of at one point is this glorification of these American values and like, you know, the American dream, the, the freedom, the individualism, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. yet at the same time, showing the dark side of those values and ideals and the horrifying prospects that they could, that this kind of mm-hmm. lawlessness can bring about in right. a sense. Right. So I, I think it might be underrated in that respect, in the sense that it is a very politically charged film that might not be, because it's not as overtly political as right. some other films. So it's it, like it takes some some digging, some looking in it. Um, right. Exactly. But if you do dig into it, it is very relevant, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I suppose deserves a best picture now for that reason as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I just, I think, like we said, not going to be best picture. Um, no, no. I, but I don't want it to be that we're saying this movie is not going to be best picture. It's not as good. Um, because is it, I don't think it is as good as it's La La Land, but I, it, that's not giving it the fair shake that I think it deserves. I think this movie deserves the love and adoration it gets. Um and so, you know, the best of, or the worst of nine, be- like, great films. I, of course, haven't seen Fences or uh, Hacksaw Ridge yet. But even the worst of those is still fantastic. So, right, um, and I don't think this is, I don't think you've seen more of them than you have, but I don't think this is your worst. No, right? no, no, that's Lion. And I still think Lion is a good film. Um, but of all of them, I think that maybe that one doesn't deserve to be there. But I still think it is important and uh, interesting and, and needs to be told as a story. Uh, but yeah, um, Hell or High Water. Favorite moments, Aaron? Other than the, the, the impromptu militia that is formed? Oh, I really like the part where uh, Jeff Bridges and his partner like enter that one restaurant and she'll be like, "What do you like? What? <laughs> yeah. What are you not having? What are you not having? Yeah, and another great. I don't know that it. It might. It feels a bit heavy-handed. That whole idea of the West is set in its ways. Um, like this is how it is, and this is how it's gonna be. My way or the highway, kind of uh, idea. Mm-hmm. But I think that scene is pretty great. And God, this whole film is really just a whole commentary. Honestly, on on things, because then they're sitting outside of that, and I think a great scene is when his partner is talking about, no, you took, or, gosh, what does he say? We took the land from someone, you took the land from us, and now they took it from you. Or he's talking about the banks, and he's like, because that's all it is. This is just everyone vying for land, it's everyone vying for the idea of owning something. And I'm like, oh, God, that's such a good scene. Um, yeah, so there are great moments like that. And, of course, the best line in the movie. Jeff Bridges asks the lady who, gets, who got robbed, do you know what race they were? Were they black, white? And she's like, do you mean their skin or their souls? <laughs> it's such a perfect line. I'm like, yes, it's a good, it's a good. Um, Anyway, uh, is that all you got to say, Aaron? Is that all we're talking about? 
I mean, I saw this a lot longer ago than you did, yeah, so I don't know I mean, if I, I can just saw this. remember as many standout moments that we haven't already addressed. Right. Because, like I said, that moment where, like, they gather up the vigilante mob mm-hmm. kind of thing, I was like, that's good moment. Yeah. Um, just want to mention, again, Texas is so friggin' beautiful, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> just watching this movie, all those backdrops, I'm like, oh, God. We've talked about this already. So, guys, <laughs> this has been Heller Highwater's uh, Best Picture Recap. Join us either this week or next week as we talk about Manchester by the Sea and Hacksaw Ridge, uh, two films that... Uh, well, I- I'm excited for you to see Manchester by the Sea. Um, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Now, that's the one that I'm interested to see if you find any relevance in it to modern uh, issues, <laughs> I suppose. I think that might be the odd one out, honestly, of all of the nine. Because I'm assuming Hacksaw Ridge has something to say. It's just, you know, Mel Gibson's the one saying it. So, <laughs> uh, Guys, thanks for listening. This is our second longest one. Um, seems like we had more to say about this than I was expecting, so... Guys, uh, give Heller Highwater a chance. Uh, if you like westerns, if you like uh, crime dramas, this is definitely the movie for you. All right, we'll see you all next week with a brand new episode of Mini... Mini... What are we calling this? Best Picture Recraft? <laughs> and we'll see you on Thursday <laughs> with episode 40 of Reboot Already Underway. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you all again next time.